For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Yeshua, His Life and Ministry. This is part one of the series. All right. The purpose of this lesson is to identify with and understand the Jewishness of the Messiah. So in doing so, among many things, we're going to realize that Yeshua was born a Jew, he lived a Jew, and he died a Jew. And when he comes back to rule and reign during the Messianic era, that he will be teaching the Torah to all nations from Jerusalem. And so in identifying with the life ministry, ministry and Torah teachings of the Messiah, we will learn that Yeshua was a rabbi and that he kept the biblical Sabbath as well as the biblical annual festivals and he taught the Torah to us in parables. And so when we study the Hebraic roots of our faith in Messiah, it's very important that we don't get caught up in Jewishness in identifying the Jewishness of the Messiah, but we must keep everything centered in and on the Messiah Yeshua. That is because in Psalm chapter 40 verse 7 it says, Then said I, Lo I come, in the volume of the book it is written of me. And in Luke chapter 24 verse 27 and then in verse 44 it says, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And in Luke 24 44 it says, He said unto them, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the Torah of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. So Yeshua himself testified that what we call the Tanakh is all written and teaches us about him. That's why when we study our Hebraic roots, when we're studying Torah, we need to be studying and seeing how it applies to the Messiah. So in looking at Yeshua, he was born a Jew. Specifically, he was from the tribe of Judah. In Revelation chapter 5, verse 5, it says, And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. He is from the tribe of Judah. He's a root or an offspring or a descendant of King David. And in Romans chapter 1, 
1 verse 3. It also tells us Yeshua is from the lineage of the house of David concerning his son Yeshua HaMashiach, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. In Revelation chapter 22, there's 22 chapters in the book of Revelation. So in the last chapter of our Bibles, one of the last verses, this is what we are admonished to do. In Revelation 22:16, it says, I, Yeshua, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. Now look, this is something that Yeshua is sending his angel to testify or proclaim in the churches. The churches are supposed to be followers or believers in Yeshua. And so this is what he's sending his angel to testify to them. And it is this, to remind them that Yeshua is the root and the offspring of David and the bright and the morning star. It is a reminder to the churches who Yeshua is. I'm Jewish. I am of the seed of David. I am not a goy that you've made me out to be. I have to send my angel to remind you and to testify of that. And the next verse says, In the spirit and the bride say come. Let him that hears say come. Now if I'm reading this with a Hebraic mind, let him that hears, that shema. Everyone that shema. And if you shema, if you hear, O Israel, what are you doing? You're following Torah. The Shema says you shall write the Torah on your heart and your mind and talk about it when you get up and when you lie down. And so notice who is saying come to the Torah. The Spirit, the Ruach is saying come to the Torah and the Bride of Messiah is saying come to the Torah. And it says all him that is thirsty come whosoever will let him take of the water of life. What is referred to as the water of life? The Torah is likened unto water. And so the Torah is the water of life. Yeshua is the living water. The outpouring of the Ruach is living water. So when you come to Messiah, when you're walking by the Ruach, uh, you are following Torah. So this is the final reminder that Yeshua is given to those who claim to believe on him is a reminder of who he is. And he has water available that the water is Torah. So in Matthew chapter 1 verse 21, we understand the name that was given to Yeshua at his birth. We read it in our King James English Bibles with the term Jesus, but the, the Hebrew is Yeshua. And it says in Matthew 1.21, And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Yeshua. Why? For he will save his people from their sins. Well, the meaning of Yeshua in Hebrew is salvation. So, why is Yeshua, why is his name salvation? So I'm reading this in Hebrew. You shall call his name salvation because he will save his people from their sins. Notice who he is and what his calling and his task is, is his name. He is the Savior. His task is to save his people from his sins. And so to identify him with this task, that is his name. It means salvation, which brings us to the importance of a name in Hebraic thought. Yeshua wasn't given any name. He was given the name of salvation. So in order to understand the importance of a name in Hebraic thought, we want to look at the names of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and look at the meaning and the significance of their name. Abram is the Strong's number 87. For those of you who have a Strong's concordant, James Strong in the 1800s wrote a concordant where he gave a arbitrary number, an arbitrary sequential number to every 
very Hebrew word in the Tanakh. And in the New Testament, from the Greek manuscripts, he gave a numerical value to each word in the New Testament. And so that's what we're referring to when we're mentioning the Strong's word. So you go to a Strong's concordance, look up Abram, it'll have the number 87 beside it. It's just an arbitrary number that James Strong assigned to that word, Abram. It means exalted father. Now, Abram, his name was changed by the God of Israel. And in Genesis chapter 17, we see where the God of Israel changed the name of Abram to Abraham. And in Genesis 17 verse 3, it says, And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you will be a father of many nations. So the God of Israel was given Abraham a new name, from Abram to Abraham, and he says, you are going to be, this is who you are, this is my promise to you, you are going to be a father of many nations. So because he's got to be a father of many nations, he gets named what the God of Israel promised him to be. Neither shall your name anymore be called Abram, but it will be Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made you. And in Hebrew, what was added to Abram's name was the letter He. And the letter He is the letter that represents the God of Israel giving glory to something. So he was going to make this promise and elevate the seed of Abraham above all the, the peoples of the earth. And so to represent this and his calling, and so people would know who he is, his name was changed from exalted father to father of a multitude. Next, we want to look at Abraham's son, Isaac, which in Hebrew is Yitzhak. And it's the Strong's word 3327. And Yitzhak in Hebrew means laughter. And he was given his name because of the events that surrounded his birth. In Genesis chapter 18, verses 9 through 11, it says, And they said unto him, Where is Sarah your wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto you according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah your wife will have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. In other words, in the natural, it was impossible for them to have a child. And so as a result, because it was impossible in the natural for Abraham and Sarah to have a child, Sarah's response in Genesis chapter 18 verse 12 is that she laughed within herself saying, after I am waxen old, shall I have pleasure? My Lord being old also. And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh saying, shall I of a surety bear a child when I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord at the time appointed, at the set time, at the moed, I will return to thee according to the time of life and Sarah shall have a son. And we see the birth of this son in Genesis chapter 21, beginning in verse one. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of the son that was born unto him, which Sarah bare, Isaac, which means laughter. And so his birth was supernatural. It seemed impossible to the natural mind. And when something seems impossible, you wonder, how's this going to happen? It is like an undo. Yeah, right. Laughter. And so Isaac was named laughter because it described the circumstances in his life and what he is to represent. And Sarah 
Sarah said, God has made me to laugh so that all that hear will laugh with me. There's two things I'd like to bring out here, and that is that Isaac means laughter, and biblical history is prophecy. In other words, the events that happen in the lives of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the descendants of Israel are prophecies of what will happen to their future descendants. And so actually Isaac, the name meaning laughter, this is a prophecy about the birth of Zion because the birth of Zion as well is likened unto an impossibility unto laughter. You see, the house of Jacob has been in exile for so long, it seems like almost an impossibility to the natural mind. It almost seems like a dream that the house of Jacob will ever be regathered and brought back to the land of Israel to enjoy the messianic era. So in Psalm 126 verse 1 it says, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. Then our mouth was filled with laughter. And so the connotation, the association with this word is Isaac. And so the turning of the captivity of Zion is likened unto laughter. So when the captivity ends, it is likened unto a birth. And this birth seems like an impossibility in the natural. That's the prophetic meaning of Isaac, the representative of the birth of Zion. But here, there's also a biblical principle because Sarah said, God has made me to laugh or have exceeding joy so that, look at this, here's the here's the principle. All that here will laugh with me. Here is Shema. Everyone that Shema Israel, Yahweh Eloheinu, Yahweh Ahad, everyone who follows the Shema, who keeps the commandment of the God of Israel. While it seems like the world is against them and you see, when you go to Jerusalem, you're making Aliyah. What does Aliyah mean? To ascend. You're going uphill. You're going uphill. You're going against the grain. So it seems like things are hard and it seems like they're impossible to overcome the barriers and the obstacles that will in your way. But here's the promise. All that Shema, all that here will laugh with me. You will see the miracle working of the God of Israel in your life and the things that he promised you if you will be consistent in your walk with him, he will see that it comes to pass. And in doing so, you'll be able to give glory to the God of Israel. Now let's look at Jacob. Jacob in Hebrew is Yaakov. It is the Strong's word 3290. And Yaakov in Hebrew means a supplanter, a deceiver, or a heel catcher. And the reason why he got his name was, once again, an event surrounding his birth. In Genesis 25:21, it says, And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife, because she was barren, and the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah his wife conceived. And the children struggled together within her, and she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in your womb, and two manner of people shall be separate from your bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. And when their days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red all over like a hairy garment and they called his name Esau and after that came his brother out and his hand took hold on Esau's heel and his name was called Jacob and Isaac was three score years when she bare them. There's a prophetic understanding to this. Isaac who is a representative of Zion and the birth of Zion is three score years when she bare them. That's 60 years of age which is a prophetic of 6,000 years. The present era in Hebraic thought is 6,000 years of time and after the present era, we have the Messianic era. The Messianic era is the birth and the reign, the reign of Zion on the earth. And the way
way we understand this coming about is there is a battle between Jacob and Esau, and they're they're warring with each other. But in the end, the prophecy here says that Jacob will prevail because it says that the elder will serve the younger. The rabbis teach that while Jacob, Jacob departs from the commandment and is not following the God of Israel the way that he should, it allows the enemies of Jacob to get the upper hand. One of the principal enemies is Esau. But in the end, Jacob will overcome. Jacob will overcome and that's why his name was changed to Israel. And the ultimate overcoming is in the end of days and it's the transition from the present era to the messianic era. And that transition is when Esau falls, Jacob rises. And the rise of Jacob is the Messianic era. And so one of the ways in which the name Jacob has significance is how we can see this when he desired to obtain the birthright, which originally was Esau's, because Esau was the firstborn, and the firstborn deserves the birthright. But we see here, Esau despised his birthright. Jacob knew the significance and the importance of the birthright, and he desired to have it. And so Genesis 25:29 and Jacob sawed pottage and Esau came from the field and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, "Feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint." Therefore his name was called Edom. And actually what the rabbis explain here is these events are happening and this is a part of a mourning meal that Abraham had just passed away. So it's time for the that blessing to to go down into the family line. So Jacob desires the birthright, and Jacob says, Sell me this day your birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die. What profit shall this birthright do to me? Esau is a picture of one that walks in the flesh. He's only concerned with the present world. What concerns spiritual things to me? Because the birthright has to do with future generations. It has to do with, with spiritual things along the line. Esau is only concerned about himself right now. And he says, What does this birthright have to do with me? So Jacob said, Swear to me this day, and he swore to him and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils and he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Well, we are told in the book of Hebrews the believers in the Messiah are told in Hebrews in chapter 12 that we are not to be like Esau who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse By being believers in the Messiah, we have a birthright in him. And so we're to be not like Esau and sell away our birthright and sell away our inheritance, which we have by being believers in the Messiah. So in Genesis chapter 27, we have an account where Yitzhak or Isaac went to to bless Esau before his death. And so it says, it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau his eldest son and said unto him, my son. And he said unto him, behold, here am I. And he said, Behold now, I am old, and I know not the day of my death. Now therefore take, I pray thee, your weapons, your quiver, and your bow, and go out in the field, and take me some venison, and make savory meat such as I love, and bring it to me, that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. However, Rebekah wants Jacob to have this blessing. Isaac is wanting to give it to Esau, but...
But Rebekah says, no, I want Jacob to have it. So in verse 5, Rebekah heard when Isaac spoke to Esau his son, and Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and to bring it. And Rebekah spake unto Jacob her son, saying, Behold, I heard your father speak unto Esau your brother, saying, Bring me venison and make me savory meat that I may eat, and bless thee before the Lord before my death. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. Go now to the flock and fetch me from there two good kids of the goats, and I will make them savory meat for your father such as he loves. And you shall bring it to your father that he may eat, and that he may bless you before his death. And now in verse 11 of Genesis 27, And Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Behold, Esau my brother is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. My father peradventure will feel me, and I shall seem to him as a deceiver, and I shall bring a curse upon me, and not a blessing. And his mother said unto him, Upon me be the curse, my son, only obey my voice, and go and fetch me them. And he went and fetched, and brought them to his mother, and his mother made savory meat such as father loved. And he came unto his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, who are you, my son? And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau your firstborn, I have done according as you badest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit, and eat of my venison, that my soul may bless thee. And Isaac said unto his son, How is it you have found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord your God brought it unto me. And Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee, my son, whether you be my very son Esau or not. And Jacob went near unto Isaac his father and felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he discerned him not because his hands were hairy as his brother's Esau's hands. So he blessed him. And he said, Are you my very son Esau? And Jacob says, I am. He's deceiving his father, which is one of the meanings of his name. And now in verse 26, And his father Isaac said unto him, Come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him. And he smelled the smell of his raiment and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. Therefore God give thee of the dew of the heaven and the fatness of the earth and the plenty of corn and wine. Let people serve thee and nations bow down to thee. Be Lord over your brethren and let your mother's sons bow down to thee. Cursed be everyone that curses you and blessed be he that blesses you. The same promise that the God of Israel gave to Abraham. Isaac is given to Jacob. And it came to pass as soon as Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob and Jacob was yet scarce gone out from the presence of Isaac his father that Esau his brother came in from his hunting and he also had made savory meat and brought it unto his father and said to his father let my father arise and eat of your son's venison that my soul may bless thee and Isaac his son said unto him who are you and he said I am your son your firstborn Esau and Isaac trembled very exceedingly and said who where is he that has taken venison and brought it to me and I have eaten of all before thou camest and have blessed him yea and he shall be blessed and when Esau heard the words of his father he cried with a great and exceedingly bitter cry and said to his father bless me even me also O my father and he said your brother came with subtlety and he's taken away the blessing and Esau says is not he rightly named Jacob for he supplanted me these two times he took away my birthright behold now he has taken away my blessing and he said have you not reserved a blessing for me so Esau recognizes the meaning of the name Jacob and he says is he not rightly named he's acting like the meaning of his name a name in a Hebrew thought communicates a character it communicates a destiny it communicates a calling it communicates 
a task. And so in review here, Abram, which is the Strong's word 87, means exalted father. Abraham, his name was changed to, the Strong's word 85, means father of a multitude. Isaac, the Strong's word 3327, means laughter. Well, that's going to conclude part one of the series on the subject, Yeshua, his life and ministry. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.